This is the podcast from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 30th, 2011. I am the true vine. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Wow, is everybody awake out there? Good morning, Connection Church. Thank you. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm still Alan Jones. (laughs) And we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we do say good morning to you. We thank you for wooing us here this morning. It's no accident that any one of us are here today. Some of us may wonder why. Some of us may be seeking um, comfort or peace. Some might be seeking strength. Lord, open us up to your love and grace found in your word, found in scripture, and help us leave a little bit differently than when we came in this morning. We pray this in the name of Jesus and by the power of God's Holy Spirit and all of Connection Church said, amen. Amen. Before we start, we just want to let you know that uh, at the last service, Karen Miller Karen um, is a disciple member of this church, and she is part of the deaf ministry in this church and in our conference. Um, Karen will be traveling to Jamaica on Tuesday, on Wednesday to work uh, with the deaf children to help build a school, to do some teaching. So we would just ask that you keep Karen in your prayers and um, her family, George and the girls, they have two daughters. I'm sure that's going to be weird for them, for their mom and wife to be gone. Karen Miller, keep her in prayer. And so today we will uh, explore our fourth and final part of the series where we've looked at some of the I am's of Jesus. Lori started us off um, at the beginning with Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. And we follow that with uh, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And then last week, Jesus told us that uh, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And this morning our focus is where Jesus tells us, I am the vine. In fact, I am the true vine. And so let's take a look at what Jesus says. We're focused on John chapter 15. And this morning, our version that we're using is the New Living Translation. Let's begin with verse one. Jesus says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Okay, so he says the true grapevine. See, over and over again, Israel is pictured as the vine or as a vineyard of God in the Old Testament, especially in the messages given by the prophets. Unfortunately, all too often, the symbol of Israel as a vine goes hand in hand with the idea of degeneration. The picture of Israel in the Old Testament is that of a vineyard that has run wild, that's out of control. We see an excellent example of this as God speaks to the nation of Israel through the prophet Jeremiah. Here's what he says. He says, but I was the one who planted you, choosing a vine of the purest stock, the very best. How did you grow into this corrupt, wild 
vine, God says to the nation of Israel. And so Jesus is addressing this idea of Israel as corrupt, a wild vine, as he shares John 15 with us. The true vine, the real vine, the one and only vine, the authentic vine is Jesus, not Israel. The true vine is healthy and fruit producing, not corrupt and wild. Jesus is the grapevine, and God is the gardener. So what does a gardener do? A gardener cares for the vine, to care for the branches that grow on the vine. And in caring for those branches, the gardener, here we go, this gets a little bit hard now, the gardener cuts off those who do not bear fruit. Bible scholar William Barclay points out, in his uh, uh, series, uh, the New Daily Study Bible, that, that grapevines have two kinds of branches. Those that bear fruit, those that don't. The branches that do not bear fruit are cut off so that they're not going to drain valuable resources from the rest of the plant, so they don't zap the plant's strength just to grow a useless vine. Without this cutting off, the vine will not produce the the crop that it's fully capable of. Now, the branches that do bear fruit, they are pruned. They're cut back, not as severely, not all the way off, but they are trimmed back, they are pruned, in order that they will produce even more fruit, in order that they will maximize their fruit-producing potential. Say that again. The fruit-producing potential. There you go. Yeah. So Jesus then points out that those whom he's talking to have already been pruned. They've already been purified by the message that he's given. And he encourages them to remain in him and he will remain in them. In other words, we need a relationship with Christ Jesus points out how important it is to be connected, that a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. So what that means is that we cannot be fruitful if we are apart from Jesus. And Jesus then reiterates and reinforces what he has said by saying it again, but even more emphatically in verses 5 and 6. He says this, he says, yes, I am the vine You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Wow. Well, it sounds like there's no ifs, ands, and buts here. Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. He is the life source. All that we have, all that we are, is because of him. All of our nourishment comes from Jesus. Our spiritual nourishment comes from Christ. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Let's say that again together. Apart from Jesus, 
we can do nothing. And so if the branches are separated from the vine, they just wither and die. They won't get any nourishment. If we are separated from Christ, we too will wither and die spiritually apart from him. We can do nothing. And then we get into the really tough teaching here. If we are separated, if we wither and die, we'll, we, we will be thrown away like a useless branch. That's what we're told. This is, an us to, this is what the scripture tells us. Again, according to Barclay, the wood from the vines was basically good for nothing. It was useless wood. It was too soft for anything of value. For example, at a certain times of the year, the people would bring to the temple by law wood offerings for the altar fires. They, they were to bring the wood in as an offering to the Lord. But the wood of the vine could not be brought as a wood offering in the temple. Why? Because it wasn't any good. It was too soft. The only thing could be done with this wood from the vine was to use it in a bonfire and destroy it. So Jesus goes on in chapter 15, beginning at verse 7, to say, But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. I like the way Eugene Peterson translates this section in his uh, version of scripture called the message. Here's what uh, Peterson writes. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes when you mature as my disciples. And so this perhaps is the most challenging part of the scripture for us. Maybe it is for you. Now we believe that on one hand, everything that God tells us, it's God breathed. We trust that we believe that. But on the other hand, in, I know in my personal experience, there have been times when I'm in Christ, I believe. I'm walking close, studying, praying. I ask. It says, if you ask for anything you want, it'll be granted. And it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. You know, we were preparing yesterday, not writing, but reviewing and talking through this message. And we had quite a discussion together about, about this because I said, well, Alan, what about this? And what about this? And what about this situations in my life? And I know every one of us has these situations where you pray, we're in Christ, we're connected and we pray and it doesn't happen. So how do we deal with that? How do we deal with that? I know 30 years ago, I prayed so hard for something to not happen that would cause disaster in my family. It was something that God didn't want. And it happened anyway. So what do we do with this? We're going to unpack this a little bit more. So as we explored this, we, we were looking at various examples of times when we said, God, please, 
And, and, and we came up with some examples like uh, maybe, maybe you had a friend who uh, maybe had an addiction or something. You say, God, please help them to stop whatever. Or, or maybe you had a family where there was a, a marriage, but that marriage looked like it was heading toward divorce. And you would say, uh, God, please, oh, please don't let them get divorced. You know, the list goes on. You probably can think of one in your life. God, please. And it involved, and, and what we found is often the examples that we came up with was where we were asking God to change somebody out there's behavior. Because in the case of somebody was leaving somebody else. God, don't let them do, make that decision. God, make that person not pick up another. In other words, God, we want you to control this person's behavior. And when we think about it, that rarely, rarely happens, does it? When we ask God to change the behavior of another person, if you're married, maybe you understand this. <laughs> Can you turn him off, Tom? <laughs> Just oh, come kidding. on. Let's get real here. We've yeah. been married 33 years. I'm sure there's been a time when Carrie thought, good Lord, please have Alan act different. God's going, Never. he is who he is, honey. Good luck. Or every time in my life I say, God, change her. He says, no. Ta-da! <laughs> She's fine. And what I came to the conclusion of, God saying, Alan, why don't you pray for me to change you? You're the one. If you're praying, that maybe I'll change. It's not up for you to ask me to change somebody else. And so maybe the challenge is the nature of our prayer here. Does that make sense? You know, maybe it's the, uh, when, we, when we look at this thing, if I'm in Christ and Christ is in me, ask for anything you want. Well, if we're truly in Christ, what's the nature of what we want? Are we truly praying for what? Christ would want us to pray for us to be more fruitful, for us to really be kingdom-centered, for us to really be in Christ. Maybe that's our challenge, is, is the nature of the prayer for what we at least think we want. I can say in that situation that I prayed for for years, and it played out with my worst nightmare, What I have come away with now as I've stepped back and grown closer to Christ is a spirit of forgiveness and to be able to, um, you know, thank God for relationships that I thought that were over or gone or that I just couldn't have. So, yeah, fruit was born (laughs) eventually in that. And so we do need to pray the prayer to God to help us show fruit, to bear fruit, and to bring glory to the Father, to bring glory to God the Father. Mm. So now back to the the basic premise of this whole passage, this idea of pruning. You ever been pruned? I don't mean your face drawn up and shriveled, but I mean, have you ever really been pruned? Like (laughs) 
felt maybe God was chiseling you somehow. On, on the one hand, the branches that bear no fruit will be cut off. These are the branches that are separated from Jesus, do not remain in him, do not have a relationship with Christ. These branches, as Scripture tells us, are of no value and useless. They are dead and will be thrown in the fire. Ouch. That's a tough passage, and we really don't want to hear that, but that's what it says, so we have to deal with it, don't we? They'll be thrown in the fire. Important for us to keep in mind because this does and will happen. This is God's truth. On the other hand, what it tells us is there is hope, and that hope is in Christ, our only hope. There is salvation. Our only salvation is in Christ. And so if we are disconnected with him, then if he's our only hope, if we're disconnected, that means we are hopeless, doesn't it? If we are disconnected and he's our only salvation, that means we are unsaved. And ultimately, in those cases, we'll be thrown in the fire. Well, on the other hand, there's pruning that involves cutting back the fruit when we are walking with Christ, when we are his disciples, men and women of God. Have you ever felt pruning when you're walking really close to God and then the next thing you know, it's like, Oh, wow, man, okay. You know, when we've been really focused or, or centered and then there's just a curveball come this way or that way and it's, and it's unexpected and you thought you were doing your best and, and, and you were, but it's, you know, God pruning you along the way and, and life is challenging and I remember um, at Praise Team on Thursday night, we were actually talking about this, and one of the members of the team said, I think walking with Jesus is harder than when I didn't. It's true, because we do need to stay focused, but it absolutely is so much better, because life apart from him is nothing, and life apart from him is dark and purposeless. But have you ever felt pruned when you're walking with God? Yeah. And so maybe God was... And maybe God is pruning you. Even though you're bearing fruit, God may still be pruning you. God is working in your life so that you'll be able to produce even more fruit in the future. Even though you are producing now, perhaps you're relying too much on your own talent, on your own strength, on your own wisdom. And perhaps God is pruning to help you realize you need to rely more on his grace, on his love, and on his power. Maybe God's pruning you to help you realize, just like he does it to me to help me realize, that we need to fully, not partially, fully uh, rely on Christ. Hmm. The Apostle Paul, he's a great example to us of God's pruning power. Before Paul knew Jesus, his name was Saul, and he persecuted the followers of Christ He was persecuted those who were known as the followers of the way. Well, in fact, he was on his way to Damascus to bring the Jesus followers back to Jerusalem to kill them. When a sudden light from heaven flashed, he was thrown to the ground and a voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up 
and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Yeah. Not only was he thrown to the ground, he was blinded. He went into the city blind for three days. Well, this Saul character, later we know him as Paul, he did just as Christ told him. And from that point on, he dedicated his entire life, his entire being, to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, the non-Jews throughout the northern and eastern Mediterranean area as well as Rome. Wow. Yet, even though he was walking closely with Christ, even though his entire life was dedicated to sharing the good news, his life was not without trials and tribulations. Many, many, many trials and tribulations. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was imprisoned. And that's just the beginning of a long list. And some of these things happened many times over. He did not have an easy life, even though his life was dedicated to Christ. His life was a continuous series of prunings, even though he was one of the most fruit-producing followers of Jesus that has ever lived. And we have to wonder, well, why was that? Well, perhaps it was to keep Paul humble. I mean, he had a huge job to do, and he had to fully rely on, on God for direction. Perhaps it was to remind others of the power that Jesus had, not Paul. And for whatever reason, in spite of Paul's fruitfulness, he was continually pruned. You know, um, I've been preaching now for almost 20 years and a lot of times a lot of Sunday mornings I get sick now that sounds like oh are you nervous I didn't think I was but I think sometimes when I'm getting kind of sick it's like okay God yeah you're in charge I'm not I'm gonna empty myself that's pretty funny um (laughs) it's a heck of a pruning yeah, it is. But but it I feel like it's God's way to remind me. I'm in charge, you're not. It's me, it's not you. And so each time that happens, sometimes more frequently than others, I guess I'm thankful because it's a good reminder that he's in charge and I'm not and that's the way that God prunes me oftentimes on Sunday morning. And I'm thankful he prunes me differently. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. He does, but different. And so then the the other question is is this, uh, or a a question is this. Are are you a branch that is connected to the vine of Jesus? Or are you kind of feeling severed from the vine? You'll know if you're connected because you're producing fruit. And you'll know if you're severed because you're kind of withering and dying. It's pretty simple. So how do we stay connected? How do we remain in Jesus? We talk about this a lot. We need to pray. We need to communicate. We need to read God's word. We have to read what God says. We have to to know the truth. It's important to, we believe, be in a small group so that we can talk through things, care, share, and dare. A vine and branches that touch every once in a while, that just 
that isn't it. It needs to touch. It needs to be connected all the time. It's not a, I'm going to get to it one of these days. I'm going to talk to you, God, when I really need you. That's not it. The vine and the branches need to be intimately connected. We need to be connected so we can grow stronger and stronger in Christ. And when we're connected to the vine, um, 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 we, the branches, then bear fruit. That's what Christ tells us. When we're connected to the vine, we, the branches, bear fruit. So then the question is, what kind of fruit? What does the fruit look like? Well, if we're a, a branch connected to the Jesus vine, don't you think the fruit would look kind of like Jesus fruit? That would make sense, wouldn't it? It would re- resemble Jesus kind of stuff, the things Jesus talked about. For example, we would glorify God. We, we would um, love the Lord with all of our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. Amen. That's what Jesus talked about. That was kind of the fruit Jesus talked about, wasn't it? Jesus talked about fruit like love your neighbor as yourself. So that's the kind of fruit we would be producing. He said, you know, even if your neighbor is your enemy, you would still love him or her. So that's the kind of fruit that would be produced in our lives. Um, Jesus He cared for the least, the last, and the lost. If we were fruit, if we were producing fruit and we're connected to the Jesus vine, then it would just make sense that our fruit would be caring for the least and the last and the lost. Now, if we're connected to Christ and we're out and about, people might just see something different. They might not be able to put their finger on it, but they would experience that fruit possibly in this way. Let's take a look at what the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is, that Paul talks about in Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Say it with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, we just described Jesus, didn't we? That's a great Jesus description. He was loving. He was joyful. He was peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, self-controlled. And the thing about this, you can pretend for a while. You can work hard on your own strength to do these things. But after a while, it's, it's going to be a challenge, isn't it? If it's not truly the fruit from the Spirit from a relationship, from being connected to the Jesus vine. But if we're truly connected, we find ourselves gentle when we used to be harsh. We find ourselves patient in a situation that normally our patience would be long gone. We find ourselves in in situations where we um, uh, have peace that in the words of Scripture goes beyond all understanding and it's because we are connected to the Jesus vine and we are bearing this fruit this spiritual fruit this Holy Spirit fruit that comes when we're connected to the vine and the more we're connected the more Christ-like we become amen amen 
So how about you? Are you being pruned? (laughs) Well, actually, we hope so. Because when we're being pruned, we produce better fruit, more fruit. We produce fruit. Is it painful? Yes. Is it beneficial? Absolutely. And how about your connectedness with Christ? Is your branch connected to the vine? Are you making yourself at home with Jesus and are his words at home with you? Are you connected and producing fruit or are you separated and dying on the vine? Do people see Jesus when they look at you? You know, the thing is, either way, whether you're uh, severed from the vine or connected to the vine, Jesus would love to hear from you this morning, today, this week. If severed, he'd love for you to come to him so he can talk to you about getting reconnected or connected for the first time. That could start right here this morning during this last song on the steps in your seat back in the prayer corner there with Mike. Yeah. And if your branch is already connected to the vine, why not talk to Jesus and just celebrate and praise the Lord and say thank you for that connection and for the fruit that it's producing. And maybe talk to him about how, you can, how he can prune you <laughs> so that you can even be more fruit producing in the future. Um, talk to him about how you can get ever closer to being that person that God intended when God first thought of you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, uh, it's kind of a tough scripture. Of course, I guess they all are if we really look at them. Please help us to know how to pray. Please help us to know what to ask for. Please help us to be uh, branches that connect to the vine. Please help us to be fruit producing. Please help us to be Holy Spirit fruit producers. Help us to be connected to Christ so that when people see us, they see you. I pray that you'll touch each person here this morning in some way to connect, reconnect, or to connect even closer to the vine, Jesus the Christ. We ask these things in his name and the power of your Holy Spirit. Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.